0: Listening to Just Friends here on the More Than Punk podcast. I'm Seb Mackay, and this week I am chatting with trombonist and key player chris palowich from the band we are talking everything from his first walk to a show through to running a radio station prior to joining the band and getting gigs happening down in the ars end of nowhere in florida it's a really in-depth conversation about the scene about chris's musical education and experience and the long cross-country drives that the band makes when it's touring I'll be playing this track, I Want to Love You, at the end of the podcast. Make sure you check it out. It's from the band's brand new EP, which is out right now. And you should definitely go and pick up a copy. It's a great listen. This is Chris Palowich from Just Friends. You're on the More Than Punk podcast. Baby, I'll be by your side I'm calling shotgun Cause I'm your ride or die
1: Well, thanks so much for having me on the show. This is my first podcast that I've ever done.
0: Oh, dude, that's that's exciting. I'm going to fuck you up, man. This will oh, be yeah, the I'm last, ready for it. This will be the last podcast you ever do. <laughs> this is like
1: the earliest I
0: woke up in a while. So I'm just
1: like all over the place. You can get whatever you want out of me on this one.
0: <laughs> Challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> so catch me up on that. What time is it for you?
1: It's 8 a.m. over here in California.
0: Oh, dude, and
1: that is rough. Honestly, I appreciate it because I've been trying to get up earlier recently to, like, I don't know, feel like a human being. Again. Yeah, is that
0: is that like a New Year's resolution? Um, maybe.
1: I've been hiking a lot, right? And mm-hmm. I kind of want to hike before I start work for the day. Mm-hmm. So, like, I want to get up early, get out, and be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a person. I'm living in the world. Uh... Meanwhile, avoiding every other person I see outside due to COVID um, and then come back and then sit at home the rest of the day. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it starts today. This is the earliest I woke up and I'm going to keep going and I will let you know how that goes.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's, um, it's a funny thing. I, I was once that ambitious, um, but as soon as the winter hit here in Scotland and it started getting light at 830 in the morning, I okay. was like, nah. I'm just, I'm going to get up when the sun gets up and then I'll, you know, crawl to my desk and I'll start work for the day. And that's kind of been my, I don't know. They say, you know, I see things around that are like the six habits of successful morning people. And I'm like, ah, fuck off. I'm a successful daytime person. Yeah.
1: Like where's the six habits of people who wake up at 2. PM. Uh, I should say successful habits.
0: Yeah. uh... There's got there's gotta be someone (laughs) out there that gets up at two in the afternoon and still crushes it. Right. Yeah.
1: You know, this world is built for everybody, and that includes people who wake up at 2 p.m.
0: And esp- I mean, obviously, no one's doing it now, but especially if you're touring and you're working until 1 o'clock <laughs> in the morning, right?
1: Definitely. Yeah, there's been many a days where I, I'm basically not awake at 8 a.m., walking to the van, and then just sleep for the next five hours until uh, whoever has the coffee in them drives us to the next place. So,
0: um. I, I know that yeah. everyone's kind of like missing touring and playing shows and there's there's this weird sort of relationship with COVID when you're doing something like this because on one hand there's the argument to like just not just like completely fucking ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist right. But then on the other hand, you get bands that are like playing live shows that you have to stream and they're only streaming them because they can't play shows. And so you end up kind of talking about it anyway. Are are you, obviously you miss playing shows, but are you missing these massive sort of cross-country drives or is it kind of nice to like be at home for a little bit? It's, COVID has been
1: long enough that I've experienced both multiple times (laughs) (laughs) where like we, um, we had just driven across the country, um, In last year, March, to start, um, like, I think three months of touring for Just Friends. Then I was going to be doing additional touring after that for like another four months. Um, So, when we played two shows in Philly and DC, and then everything got canceled, and we drove all the way back uh, to California. So, during that time, it was Definitely a bit of a bummer of like, yep, okay, I'm gonna have to figure out something to do. And like, we didn't even know how long it would be then. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, well, at least have to figure out something to do for the next two months <laughs> while this thing gets figured out. And of course, uh that was not the right thing to think. uh So, yeah, definitely missed shows. But then, like, after a while, it's like, you know what? I've been like going ham for the last, I don't know, entire life <laughs> that I've yeah. spent just like keep. Uh, I don't know I'm, I'm very much a I need to be working all the time person or like doing something all the time um, so I'm like okay I'm definitely going to try and just relax a little bit and take the time off um, and you know when things come back things will come back and then like in September I was missing shows again I'm like man I really hope this is done soon but now I'm like I'm going to go hike around like when am I going to get the chance to really just like have a lot of time to just do what i want to be doing uh that's not music yeah Um, totally so yeah it's gone through phases for sure um but main thing is it's like i i want touring to come back when it's safe for everybody to enjoy it and not just for people who have uh like the money to fly to like (laughs) wherever it is to to go to like one-off shows and stuff like that it's like i don't know it uh to come back when it's safe and you know i think there's still going to be a period of time where people are even if it's you know announced that it's safe people are still going to be wary um yeah. so you know there will be those bands that people look to as kind of like signals like okay it's okay to actually tour so did you
0: did you see recently that um the flaming lips did a show and everyone was inside a plastic bubble like they had their own individual plastic bubbles <laughs> yeah i think that's fucking that. weird
1: man <laughs> yeah people are getting like very creative I, creative is the, is the best word to use for it yeah. just like to way to play shows like the drive-in shows i thought were really cool that people were doing did you
0: guys have those over there now see that's What's such the- an american thing right like that's, oh, yeah. it's super hard for me to envision like why you'd want to sit in the fucking car for an hour and a half and watch a band play like it sounds like torture so it's yeah. you know <laughs> you guys can keep that <laughs> Um uh, so yeah, there is that.
1: Um our friends in Stan Atlantic did something in Australia, but I know that's been like a lot better with COVID than other places, it seems. Um And then lots of stuff going on in New Zealand.
0: Oh, Prop- don't sorry. remind me, dude. <laughs> Shouts don't out to them. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I, so I, um, I tell this story every time I'm on this fucking podcast, but um, <laughs> I moved up to Edinburgh from New Zealand three weeks before the shit hit the fan. And oh, um, <laughs> the other night I during the move, I had to relinquish some tickets to some stand up shows. And mm. the other night, the people that had my tickets went in my place and they sat in a room with like 3000 other people drinking <laughs> beer, not wearing face masks, laughing and shouting and that's just like <laughs> it seems like an alternate universe you know
1: yeah wow like yeah, did, they asc- did they ascend to the next level of human being or something because like yeah it's, i can't remember the last time i i raised my voice above talking level for anything
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's such a weird thing to like think about how there's these kind of two worlds that essentially exist right like there's us and we're not fucking doing anything and then there's them and they have concerts and stand-up shows and pubs that they can go to and you're just like what the fuck are you?
1: we are on the same planet like
0: yeah <laughs> why can't we all just do this together and
1: and just have new zealand adopt every other country
0: <laughs> oh those those would be fighting words <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me a bit about the EP. Um, Yeah. I mean, because EPs are like an interesting thing now, right? Because a lot of bands, well, not a lot of bands, but I've heard a few bands go down the route of, you know, screw albums, we're just going to do singles, that's what people want. There's SoundCloud rappers that release like one 30-second song and then they're famous. And then somewhere in the middle, there's, you know, guys still releasing vinyls and there's people releasing EPs. So talk me through that a little bit. Like, how does that mix work for you when you're thinking what are we going to put out and how long is it going to be
1: yeah so i've gone through uh two well i get probably way more ways of thinking about this than two but my my two that i can kind of remember are like i um one is like the side where i do think about it like okay what is our release period what is our like what should what should we be releasing right now? What do people want? What are we trying to uh, like achieve here and all that? And then the other side, which I like a lot more right now, is like let's just make music and release it and <laughs> call it a day. Because yeah. um, like especially during times like now, it's like nobody really knows the best way to do things, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. I feel like now maybe people have ideas like, oh, you have to make a popular song on TikTok because there's no concerts. And the only way to to get out to the masses is through social media or stuff like that. But um, as much as I can say, right, like we, uh, we were basically like in August, like, okay, what are we gonna do right now? And um, we had, Nate Curry, a um, good friend who, who's that killer vocalist on uh, the Fever remix, um, mm-hmm. he recorded those vocals. I think back in like January, and we were just sitting on them for the longest time. And we we're like, okay, let's uh, let's get that actually finished and sorted out. And then um, we we're talking with Pure Noise, and they're like, hey, how about you, like, do an acoustic version of I Want to Love You at some point? And we we're like, that sounds cool. And then we were thinking about doing covers, and um, you know, a lot of people in the band are huge fans of Chili Peppers and they love this song. I'm like, cool, I'll do like a weird, like, jungle drum and bass Enya cover of Dost. And we're just like, cool, here's something to release. And that's like, we're just super happy that we were able to continue making music during COVID. And uh, does that, that make sense? I think I, that answers the the question but basically like yeah it's just like at this point we're just like let's just make music and put it out because we love making music and that's what's going to keep us sane right now
0: yeah totally i mean it makes perfect sense like silverstein did redux too basically from like their houses (laughs) <laughs> they just kind of recorded shit and then sent it to each other and it got mixed and mastered and all that kind of thing. So I I think that's one of the things that keeps kind of blowing my mind about this whole situation, right? And there are there are people that are way ahead of us. I don't know if you're familiar with like Blue Starly and Cell Dweller, that sort of fixed um, record label. They do a whole lot of like electronic rock and um, soundtracks and stuff. But their whole thing okay. was like the guys create albums and they don't tour them because they don't want to tour so they just release Mm. them to the press and social and all that kind of thing and so it's real interesting seeing that the rest of the industry kind of be like what the um and (laughs) and these guys sort of plot along you know I, i think that there's a an interesting space there and like you're doing putting out the ep going how can we continue to like do this thing instead of just putting it on hold for the next i don't know forever
1: yeah it's like okay like we don't know exactly when we're gonna get to go on tour so like why why wait to like do something yeah um hopefully we can and who knows we may have an album that's been waiting to be released that we're sitting on uh so uh yeah hopefully touring comes back and uh you know we can get some sort of like i don't know i mean Half of me is just like, hey, let's just release whatever we have now, and then yeah. the other half is like, eh, we should wait till we can tour on something. But luckily enough, there are enough people in the band where I don't always have to think about that. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point though. I think you know, um, like that newer day to remember album has just been like mm. delayed and delayed and delayed, right? And you can kind of, I mean, this is mostly theory on my part, but you can kind of tell that they wanted to release it sooner. And then there was a moment where it was like. Okay, this COVID thing's happening. Like, let's see if we can wait until we can tour. And I think that became obvious that it wasn't. It was like, we can't just sit on this forever. You know, like you've got to do yeah. something eventually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, who knows, we might have like one or two of those uh, little EPs out before um, touring comes back again. Uh, that's what we talked about back in August. But hey, COVID happens you know we're all just kind of taking this time for ourselves and whatever happens with the band i'm happy with uh but we're not really putting too much pressure on ourselves to do something because these are uh unprecedented times for sure
0: definitely interesting times um i mean you guys have played with like the wonder years story so far made parade so many big bands which is I mean, it's like, it's funny, because I'm still one of those people that and I've been doing this a long time, right? I started a music like fucking eight years ago, nine years ago, or something. And I still have moments where I'm I'll, I'll, I'll chatting with someone. And I'll kind of catch myself and be like, holy shit, like my teenage self would be freaking out right now. <laughs> I mean, see, like, but when you're touring with someone, you're kind of like there with them all of the time right so do, do you have moments mm-hmm. where you're just like holy shit that's made Day parade or do you just have to try and keep your shit together until you know like they're on stage and you're just freaking out in the in the green room
1: so this might turn into a longer longer question but i'll try and uh, give you give you the condensed answer to this basically but, i long is good podcast okay. right <laughs> right yeah um so this will get around to your answer eventually. But basically, I grew up uh, in a pretty musical family, took piano lessons starting at like age, or uh, grade one, switched to trumpet in third grade, then started playing trombone in fifth, and was like playing music all through high school, and then um, through college and all that went to University of Miami for music. And then basically, like, since i started playing music all my parents like played and allowed us to listen to basically was uh like my dad's rock and roll bands like uh kiss and the who and meatloaf and stuff Mm -hmm. um musicals like Phantom of the opera jesus christ superstar and stuff and um and weird al and jazz so Basically, I didn't really have any exposure to any sort of, like, popular or punk music uh, until I was 13 or so. Um, Like, all my friends in middle school were talking about, like, Green Day and stuff. And my parents wouldn't let me listen to them because they swore. Uh, (laughs) Classic. Yeah. um, My parents are great. I love them. Uh, just putting that out there. But, um, they, uh, yeah, so then uh, I I finished middle school and my cousin takes me to Warp Tour for the first time. And I see my first ska band, Real Big Fish, and I'm mm-hmm. like, whoa, I played the trombone and I could have been doing this instead of playing like jazz or classical or something. Uh, so first year of high school, uh i joined a ska band with some friends and um basically high school is all ska for me like real <laughs> big fish uh mighty mighty boss tones uh oh my god streetlight manifesto right and that was all i listened to and it was kind of getting me into like punk bands here and there but uh yeah, so let's bring this up to like more recent times. Last year, whoa, that was two years ago now. Oh my god, that's crazy. Okay, 2019, uh, we did that Sad Summer Fest where yeah, we play with like Wonder Years and Mayday and all that. But I don't think I could have named a single Mayday song
0: yeah, like fair until enough.
1: We went on that tour and like the bands that I did really get into, like Sam showed me the Wonder Years. Um, Once I joined just friends and I was like, okay, wonder years are sick. And then in college, I actually started like really getting into just like at least getting into the scene. I still didn't like know all these like iconic bands in the scene. Um, But yeah, it's definitely been a a delayed process for me about learning about all these bands, which I, which I kind of like, and this kind of wraps around to um a point which will probably bring up in other answers but i've always kind of been the uh the person on the the outside of the band i guess who like comes in from the angle of like i don't i don't know any of this stuff i come from like a background of jazz and all that and i'm gonna use that and like i'm gonna make sure that like, whatever i bring to the table like has this like a different perspective i guess mm. And uh, I feel like everybody in the band, you know, everybody in the band is going to have a different, you know, perspective and all that. And having all those kind of meld together into this sound that, um, like, isn't ska, isn't punk, isn't jazz, isn't R and B, is just some sort of meld of all this, um, has uh, has definitely allowed us to like get to where we are. But back to your initial question, like, I think going on tour with Story was pretty cool uh like seeing them play and seeing like the impact that they've had on so many people was dope and just like getting to talk to the wonder years and hang out with them like it's like we're all just bands kind of doing the same thing and it's like really uh humbling to just kind of like be out there with them um yeah and i think the most scary part about doing that was We have this song called "Welcome, Matt," and uh, that song's super personal to me. Like, I wrote that's one of the one songs I wrote uh, some of the lyrics to, and um, and I remember writing it in Sam's garage with him. I came up with this really dope horn line for the beginning, and then like a year or two later, I was just like sitting somewhere. I'm like, oh shit that horn line is the melody from a wonder year song oh yeah (laughs) it's like
0: directly copied so many people do that though right like you can't help (laughs) it sometimes it just it just happens right you absorb so much music and you put something out. like this is cool and then a while later it's like oh wait a minute yeah so like we
1: toured with them uh again in 2019 on that sad summer tour and Sam brought it up at one point to to Soupy from The Wonder Years and he was just like, dude, that's hella funny. And then, like <laughs> that was it. <laughs> but uh uh I don't know, it's it's great to just be like uh talk with him and like share those kinds of stories and all that. So long answer to your story or your question. Uh yeah, touring with those bands is awesome. I, I don't get too much like anxiety about it because in the end it's just like dude we're all we're all humans we're all making music it's chill
0: yeah i wish like i wish i was that chill um i was also kind of a, a late late bloom is such a fucking bad way to put it <laughs> but when it came to like getting into the scene and stuff so i would listen to blink and not really know or like care who blink were i just kind of it was music that i liked you know like it wasn't the sort of pop punk scene wasn't really big where i grew up um Roger. but i remember that one of the first bands sort of getting into like the heavier side of it that my friend introduced me to was the murder dolls covering white wedding and it wasn't just the song it was the fucking music video and i don't know if you've seen that but like wednesday 13 like dressed up in all of his kind of horror makeup and his i think he had red dreadlocks at the time and like joey jordison's on guitar and you know he's looking as like doom and gloom as ever and i remember hearing that and just being like what the fuck is this (laughs) like this is so far away from blink and bands like blink i was like this is this is amazing this is my life now and (laughs) here here i am (laughs) hey we all get here
1: somehow and honestly i like people who got there in an unconventional way because it's like they're gonna have a story about something that's like different or new. I mean, everybody got here in a different way. So that's what's uh that's what's cool about all us being humans and stuff. We yeah, all got totally. different backgrounds. It's, but uh I'm looking at this video right now, dude, This is
0: wild. Dude, that's that's what I mean. Like you can imagine, so I think I I must have been like fourteen or something when that video came out. And yeah, having listened to like bands like blink, like I say, it's just it's just something else. When you can like when you can listen to it with sound, you're just gonna be like, "Yeah, I get it. Like, I get why he felt like that." And like Wednesday is amazing, right? But yeah, it's like your first hit was that, and it's like, "Whoa, this is out there. <laughs> this is America, baby." That was kind of the feeling. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's interesting too. Like um, we we're t- talking about not knowing Mayday songs before they went on, or before you toured with them. Rather, I remember a, a real long time ago i interviewed this sort of like up and coming band and they were on their second or third album and they um they have one album that had kind of like taken off quite a bit and this record had a bit of hype around it and they're doing press tours everyone's getting quite exciting they're assigned to victory records at the time i think so like you know there was quite a bit of push Mm -hmm. so i interviewed this band and it's like 10 o'clock in the evening where i am and this is going way back when the publicists used to give you phone cards so that you could <laughs> dial into conference rooms and so i talked to these guys and like the guy was fine i talked to the guitarist he was all good um it comes out and then much much later like the band blows up and it was fucking a day to remember and oh. at the time like i was just talking to so many different bands and like so many different people. And I just, I just missed the boat, man. And even now I'm just like, how did you fuck that up?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, there was something you said. Oh yeah. So yeah. On the topic of not knowing band songs, like, I don't know. You said something about listening to Blink 182 and just like, you're listening to it because that's the music that you wanted to listen to. And that's kind of it, uh, but totally relate with that, because like uh, Sam, the singer of Just Friends, like has an incredible memory of like this person sang on this record, uh, this person produced this record, the basis on this record was actually somebody else um, and like knows all the different variants of like when the songs came out and all that or like the singles. And I have a hard time remembering some of my own band songs names. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like enough.
1: stuff off the first record. I'm like, which one is that again? And then they start playing it on stage. I'm like, Oh yeah, that one. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's interesting, like hearing how people like relate to music and how people like consume it and all that. Cause only recently since like i've started doing a little bit more like music engineering and listening like production stuff and like wondering who's playing or who's producing something have i really dived into album credits and like seen seen who's on it or Mm. like actually try to remember a song name or a song album title um but yeah like in the end it's like i listened to this stuff because i wanted to listen to it and um again came from a household that wasn't you know very into pop culture like we didn't have like cable tv or cartoons and stuff mm-hmm. so like i was always out of the loop on that kind of stuff so i was focusing on other things but uh yeah interesting to to i don't know i feel like a lot of people like when they listen to blink 182 they're like yeah like i'm a blink 182 like hardcore fan and yeah uh not that's a bad thing or anything but uh yeah it's interesting to hear that from like another musician i don't know i connected with what you said it's what i'm trying to say
0: (laughs) totally i mean it's it's one of those funny things right where yeah you just you get into stuff and then i think over time maybe it becomes more important to you maybe it doesn't but i think also like where you grow up and how you get involved with that kind of shit helps a lot too you know Mm -hmm. like Cause I didn't, I didn't grow up with Warp Tour, you know, like I never went to Warped. um I know people that did, and so like that whole journey, that whole experience is like a completely different thing. Cause like that's a proper scene, you know. Hmm. That's not like, and I shouldn't admit to this on a podcast, but like ripping stuff from LimeWire and like <laughs> cobbling together random singles from artists until you've got like a whole album. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's, it's like the fucking. It sounds like the Wild West.
1: Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like, I was, I felt like I was out of the loop by going to Warp Tour only when I was 13. I was like, I should have been doing this, like, for the last five years. Um, But, yeah, like, uh, having, I don't know, just like, you have no idea about the scenes in other places, really, until, mm. like, you, like, really go there or talk to somebody who, who, lived through whatever that scene was. So that's, uh, w- were there tours like that at all? Or like at shows nah, or like many festivals?
0: We, I mean, we had like, we, we sort of had, I was, gonna, I was gonna say we had festivals for older people. That makes me sound, um, <laughs> that's not the way I mean it. I mean, like all ages shows were sort of a slightly rarer thing. Um, I think okay. it wasn't until I was getting closer to like the start of my 20s that we'd have like the dispute come down and um, balance and composure and Mayday Parade and all of that kind of thing. And they would play, oh, okay. and it's crazy because you would get bands like that that would play to like, you know, two or 3,000 people in the US. And they'd go down to New Zealand and they would play to like 300 people in some community hall somewhere. Because that because that was the you know, like that was the infrastructure and I'm sure it's the same for like a lot of um, a lot of like cities in the US and it certainly is in the UK as well, but yeah right. that was, so we didn't really have anything. For a while, we had a festival um, called West Fest, and they basically managed to get a bunch of bands that went to Soundwave um, in Australia and sort of siphoned them off into a couple of shows in New Zealand. But then once Soundwave fell over, that was kind of the end of the end of that as well. So it's a completely different um, experience.
1: That's really interesting. I mean, like we felt the same way going to Europe for the first time back in was that also 2019? Yeah. So it's like at, at that time we were doing a whole bunch of shows with uh with mom jeans and mm-hmm. um we were playing like the biggest shows we were playing at that time, which was like uh I don't know, like I think it was like three to five hundred cap rooms in the US. And then we go to Europe for the first time and it's like there are shows where there were like 15 people there and I don't know it was like it was really exciting and exhilarating to like be in a place where like we have not been here before and there are at least 10 people at this show like 10 people thought it was like cool enough to come out here and see us like that's awesome uh but, but yeah like going to places where uh either the infrastructure like doesn't support enough or just like you haven't been there at all. It's just like those experiences are pretty
0: wild. I guess the crazy thing too is that you you could effect, essentially make a living without leaving the US, right? Like it's big enough and populated enough that you can kind of you know, outside of the current clusterfuck, you you can sort of just tour yeah. route like round and round and play like a new a new city sort of each night. Yeah definitely which Um, is wild to me like i moved from an island to an island you know what i mean like like it's... it's like you can't drive too far yeah um so
1: yeah it's i'm very interested to see where things end up uh after the pandemic because i know lots of venues have unfortunately had to close down so like i i wonder how many of those like little one-off stops that we were able to do on tours are still going to be there Mm. um because we definitely like whenever we can like try and fit in the places that aren't on popular tour routes like smaller cities because there are people there and they want live music and like they aren't gonna get live music unless bands like us or other bands go there and actually support their scene as well um but a little nervous to see what that's like after the pandemic but um but yeah. On that note, I I went. So I lived in Miami for seven years, from 2012 to 2019. Um, I went to school down there, and then uh, and then worked at the university for three years after that. And first year, I went down there uh, freshman year. I almost quit after that one year because mm-hmm. <laughs> the University of Miami scene is uh, very not rock and roll it's very club based (laughs) and edm and, and all that uh and i i didn't go to like a single show i think i don't think i like saw a single band or anything like that i was like this is not the place for me um but decided to stick it out another year see what happened um and that sophomore year i joined the radio station down there uh and that was a great place for me to just like meet people who really enjoyed music. And, you know, I was in the music school, so I was around musicians a lot of the time, so we're always talking music. But radio station was a nice place to be like, OK, here are people who are not musicians and talking about music. And mm-hmm. like, I need some other opinions than musicians. Um, and that was when I started really getting involved in the scene down there. Um, and started learning that basically a lot of bands don't come down to South Florida because um, really the closest city that's connected to the rest of the country is uh, Gainesville, right? Where Fest is, which is like uh, five, six hours away. And basically, if you go down to Miami, then the only other place you can go is back up north. There's no like real way to continue along from miami so south florida in general is kind of like isolated from the rest of the country in terms of music so not a lot of bands are coming down there and i was like that sucks i want bands to come down here so uh i started a radio show where i would host uh bands basically just on the show and and give them something to do while they come down here if they're playing a show Mm -hmm. um and And then, Just Friends was doing a tour in 2015, and um, we played a show in Miami. Uh, Well, basically, uh, maybe I should note this first. I joined Just Friends right as I left for college across the country. So we played one show at our public library right before I left for college. And then basically every summer during college, I would go back to California and, on tour with the band um so summer before my senior year we were on tour we played in miami and we played at this practice spot um of this band called kid lore and um this was like the second show they had in miami um or in their practice space like they weren't even thinking of turning the practice space into um a venue really uh but it was always my dream of like Running like a punk DIY, anyone? So yeah, talked. totally, man. Me too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I talked to the guy. I'm like, hey, I get back here for school in like two weeks. Can I just throw shows here? And Daniel, the guy that was uh, who's was in the band and running the space, is like, yeah, dude. Like, go for it. That sounds cool. Uh, so senior year of college, I started running this space, and first couple months we we're doing maybe like three or four shows a month cross of like touring and local bands but then like january through november of the next year we're doing like 10 to 13 to 15 shows a month uh and we were getting bands like coming down to south florida because there were before we started that there were there's basically like one uh actually i i don't know exactly how many venues but there there wasn't like a very punk diy friendly place to place or i guess like more like the emo scene which we were in Mm -hmm. um and, and like sam is super connected with a bunch of bands and he would just be like hey if you're going on tour like head down to florida and come here and i was like hey come here i got a venue i have a radio show like you can actually do stuff here and uh started seeing a lot of bands like actually come down which was really dope uh but then I graduated and I started a job and I started another job and just had too much, too much on my plate to like run 13 shows a week or a month. Uh, So unfortunately the place closed down and then got uh, bought out and is now apartment buildings. But long story short, uh, yeah, unless there's something like building a scene in an area or like bands are coming down there, it's like super hard to like, like really grow anything so uh i can't i already know what it's like living in florida like being yeah. six hours away from the rest of the country so living on an island dude that's uh that's something else
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally it's it, the, the building the same thing's interesting like i mean all things considered would you do that again is that like something that you thought, yeah, maybe, and I'm not saying like it's like a next week thing, right? But do you kind of see yourself being like, yeah, actually this is something I, you know, I could move into or do you sort of feel done with that part of your life?
1: I think there's definitely a time in the future where I will be into that again. Um, back in Miami, it was like the perfect storm of, uh, a good storm, uh, not a hurricane, a, uh, <laughs> a normal storm. <laughs> of of all these things lining up like um shouts out to daniel and the rest of the band from from kid lore who were just like yeah go ahead throw shows here and like I knew enough people from doing the radio show for a year and a half at that point that uh the venue like got a nice you know kick start with bands there coming in. Um and yeah, everything lined up where I could I could do that easily and like right now like trying to go on tour a lot and then uh rent prices in the bay area <laughs> uh like lots of venues. I mean, there's already a venue shortage in the bay area, especially of like small places. Um but yeah, like if if I had the time and had the resources and all that, like that is something I'd definitely like to do because being able to like offer up a place to play for bands uh, and like kind of give back to the scene in that way is, I don't know, super rewarding and just nice to like meet people. <laughs> like, I, I'm i always the person to just like always want to be meeting new people and like just connecting with people. So like the venue was like, probably one of the greatest places to do that. So definitely see it happening. But like right now, the way I, like with COVID it's like super hard to
0: yeah I mean everything's like like anything that involves getting within six feet of someone else is just like off the cards indefinitely right it's yeah
1: yeah. and like the the closest thing to like meeting other people is that I came to was uh was going to like protests last summer um and Like that was honestly like something that I, I didn't know a lot
0: about and I'm going to assume that these aren't anti lockdown protests, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Like COVID fake. Um, Chris was at the Capitol building. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is the word is out. Um, but yeah, all the, uh, the racial injustice and George Floyd protests last year, um, And first off, it was like, you know, uh, living, this is my first time, like, moving back from Miami to the Bay Area was like, I just felt like Miami was beginning to become home for me. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, I'm touring too much to keep my job here. So I'm just going to go do the band thing full time. So moving to the Bay Area was kind of a, uh, it was my first time really living in the Bay Area and being like, OK, I am actually living here. I'm an adult. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> I'm not under the uh, the rule of my parents right now. And like, what what is the Bay Area? And actually exploring and like uh, figuring out how to be connected to that community. And like there were and it still is like the, the racial injustice uh, uh, protests and movements and all that um, are still a big thing right now but going to those last summer was like a big way of like okay this is this is like community this is what uh, like this is important and like how do I take what I know and what I'm good at and help support this so um, I'd taken the PA system from the venue that I ran back across the country with me. So we put out a little post on our band page like, hey, whoever needs like a PA system for something, let us know and we'll, we'll come out. And uh, we got like one message of a person who was throwing an event down in Oakland. And so we brought the PA system and brought a generator and uh, helped support the movement by just providing amplified sound. And that was like how I got my, my connection with like audio and music and felt like I was, you know, like doing something with it during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that we helped out, uh, like people just passed around our number and we we're just showing up to places with a PA system and a microphone and just letting, like helping people connect in that way. And like, I forget how I got talking about this but uh yeah that's like the way i built community during like my my second year being down here because it's like i'm trying to i'm always trying to be connected to the place that i'm living in and the music scene and all that and that was the way to do it
0: you've talked a little bit about um working in touring we don't we don't often talk about this kind of side like side of the industry right but for a lot of mm-hmm. people like you you'll you'll work you your tour um and i have a day job like that's i run a you know music publication most people that work for music publications also have day jobs um it, it's just kind of at this point is what it is which is sort of a slightly strange thing Um, but if you're doing this side of it, you can obviously take time out of work and all that kind of stuff. But if you're packing up your life, like every few months to tour for, you know, two, three, four months at a time, how do you balance that shit? So
1: in the first four years of touring, uh, I was in college. So, uh, fortunate enough to be able to come back home to California, stay with my parents, and then go on tour. Uh, Funny story about that first tour we went on. It was after freshman year. Uh, I come back to California. Sam's like, hey, we're going to go on our first tour. It's going to be like three days, uh, basically down to LA and back. And I talked to my parents. I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this with the band. And they're like, nope. Like, You're going to do drugs and get drunk and die in a car crash. So you like yes uh, to the first
0: two that's why we're going on tour <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: so i'm like sam uh, my parents aren't gonna let me go and sam's like dude you can just like live in my parents garage for the rest of the summer like they're chill with it and you can go on tour uh so i told my parents like hey uh i'm gonna go live in my friend's garage so i can go on tour and they like looked at each other for a second. They're like, okay, you can go on tour. It's fine. Here's some food, money, go have fun. And there's like never a question again after that, uh, about like me going on tour. But anyways, first four years I would come back, go on tour, like second summer coming back was like two weeks, uh, around the West coast. And then third summer was, uh, a whole four week U S tour. Um, But then after that, I started working at the University of Miami. Um, And that was a full time gig. I was managing their recording studios and uh, doing a little bit of like teaching and training and running sound for live concerts and stuff. Um, And I missed a couple tours here and there. Um, Like we played Fest quite a few times, and I would do like half the tour of like going out to Fest, but then stay in Florida while the rest of the band continued on. But uh, big props to my boss at University of Miami who let me do a lot of touring still. Like during my last year of working there, um, I worked remote for maybe like four out of the eight school months because I was on the road. Um, I was like, this is important to me. This is what I wanna be doing and my boss and the rest of the UM uh community there, like my boss's boss and the dean, like they wanted to support their employees as being like musicians as well. So again, kind of like the the perfect combination of like I I'm in the position where I have a job that's gonna support me touring. I'm gonna make as much use of it as I can. But then in 2019, um yeah, that was the year where i was basically gone for half of the school year on tour and i was like yeah so we just got signed with pure noise and uh i'm gonna be touring more probably and he's like yeah I, like that's gonna be too much uh so that was when i decided to um <clears throat> leave the job at um and, and move back home excuse me i need to grab a little bit of water okay um so yeah i moved back home and um moved in with my parents and i was like okay i'm going to i've got a lot of touring planned that year that was the year of sad summer and um and the store with Tori so far and then our first headliner tour um so like okay i'm gonna be gone for most of the year um so We started working on our album and stuff i got back from tour like november of that year and we recorded um a whole bunch of material and then uh was really only gonna be back for three months until i started another eight months of touring uh and at that point i was kind of thinking look okay so i'm gonna be on tour and that's gonna be paying my bills while i'm on tour and then when i'm back home i'll like like sublease a place for cheap for like a couple months and then just do live sound in the area and that'll be it like everything was kind of set uh and then covid hit so like honestly an answer to your question like how do i balance it i don't really know yet Mm. like uh like all my touring experience before like i was working a job full-time that like had great benefits and like super fortunate to be in that position and uh i need to like learn how what i'm going to do next once touring actually comes back um (laughs) but but right now i'm looking for positions that uh you know will allow me to do that because i i to work. Like (laughs) I always, I always like having something to like be working on or a project or something like that. Um, and like when I'm on the road, like when I'm in the van,
0: I'm like, I could be doing something right now, <laughs> and you have so much something. downtime, right? That's the thing. Like, yeah, I guess we don't really think. I guess <clears> once <throat> eventually, when you guys get to bus level, you'll have bunks and you'll sleep or, like, w- watch movies or whatever. But that's the thing that I guess we don't really talk about much either. Is like when you're traveling between cities and states in a van with you know six, eight, ten other people, it's like it's just hours after hour of downtime.
1: Yeah and uh our trumpet player ovi um <clears throat> he has a pretty like high-tech coding job that <clears throat> <clears throat> oh my god this is the most i've talked in so long <laughs> sorry thank dude. you so much no i, I my my throat's getting work workout <clears throat> one second no worries okay uh yeah so he has like a a high-tech coding job and he's working all the time on the road and like there's enough downtime to do a full-time job when you're Mm. when you're on the road um at least like you know if you're you're playing venues at where you're not like loading in at noon and like doing a five-hour sound check and light check and all that (laughs) like our shows are load in maybe two hours before and then you're good but um Yeah, downtime in the van, Uh, normally someone's going crazy, dancing around. Uh, Someone's banging on the roof of the car uh, with their hands and shit. And uh, two two or three people are in the back on a mattress that we have just passed out. I'm normally one of the people that are passed out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I like my sleep and uh, other people... Uh, give me shit for it but hey I I gotta get my beauty sleep
0: and I mean you're a new man now right 8 a.m podcast (laughs) interview like this is it we've we've set you up
1: I have been preparing for this my whole life yeah you're gonna Um, smash it yeah uh yeah the downtime you know like on our drive back after everything got canceled um I've always been the person on tour to be like hey, we should stop here and do something. Uh, Like, let's go to this park or this restaurant or something like that. Um, And we have, at the minimum, we're generally touring with like eight people, Mm. Uh, sometimes like 11, all in the van. And it's really difficult to get everybody to agree (laughs) on doing the same thing. Um, So generally it ends up with, okay we're not going to do any of these things we're just going to drive uh and get to the next spot um which for whatever reason like hey that happened that's totally chill not blaming anybody but we finally agreed to like stop at the grand canyon on the way back uh after everything got canceled on covid and everybody was just like okay next tour we're doing this all the time (laughs) because (laughs) with our shows and like the level of our shows like there's generally time to do things like that at the very least like once a week if not more um and i'm gonna make sure i hold the band to that i know they're gonna listen to this later uh but yeah we're stopping at more parks on our next tours i gotta see more of the outside and not the inside of venues
0: um That, that sounds that sounds like a plan man and the other thing too right more of the mountains in california so i should let you go and smash those mountains sorry what i was just saying if you were planning um, at this top of the podcast you were saying you're going to start hitting oh, the mountains yeah. in the morning
1: yeah uh i got a nice little ridge outside my house that i might hike today I'm trying to hike a, a mountain at the end of march so I'll, I'll keep you updated with how those hikes go
0: yeah man tweet at me I'm keen well to know. <laughs> cool Ted. Thanks so much for hanging out. It's been a real good time.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun.
0: No worries. I will make sure you get a copy. Sounds great. All right. Thanks, bud. Bye. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Chris Pelowicz from Just Friends, their brand new EP JF Crew. Volume 1 is out now, and you should definitely give it a spin. The Just Friends guys, as we talked about, have toured with some really awesome bands, including the Wonder Years and Mayday Parade. And there is a fantastic cover of the Red Hot Chili Peppers track, Dose, on the new EP. So make sure you check that out on all streaming services. And hell, go and buy a copy. I mean, what else are you going to do with your money these days, right? We'll be back next week here on the More Than Punk podcast. But until then, this is Just Friends. I want to love you from the new EP, JF Crew, Volume 1. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Some yeah.